Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. The peace of Christ be with you. We welcome you to First Baptist Church. We are grateful that you are here with us this morning, whether it's in person or whether it's online. It is good to be together. And if this is your first time with us, we hope that you will feel at home here. And more than that, we hope that you will feel God's spirit and God's warmth in this place. It is good to have a place of warmth because it's a little chilly out there this morning. But what a beautiful, beautiful time of year it is in the middle of this season, which is really my favorite of the year, and it seems to be moving really, really quickly. And yet next Sunday will be the Sunday before Thanksgiving, and we'll celebrate that with a special service of of Thanksgiving. And also, we will be thankful that we will begin in-person Sunday school. It's been a really, really really long time since we've done in-person Sunday school in this building. Gosh, we were across the street for, I don't know, eight months before this happened in the midst of this renovation. And so, anyway, it is certainly something to celebrate next week, and I look forward to doing that with you. So at this time, let us take a deep breath. Let us ready ourselves to worship God. We gather together to worship, knowing that God is already here among us. Knowing that there is nothing that separates us from the presence of our Lord. Wherever we go, wherever we are, God is here. So let us enter into this service of worship with confidence and hope, knowing that God is already with us. And that God stands eager to meet us and bless us with everlasting love. Amen.
Join with me as I lead us in prayer. Our gracious Father, we know that you are here. We ask that you help us to be here, to be here in mind and in spirit, to be here and with our hearts open for you, reaching out and seeking you and your words, your love. We pray that Jeff would speak your words to us this morning and that we hear those words and that you fill our hearts with all that you have for us today. We love you. We ask that you be our God and that we be your people. It's in the name of Jesus Christ we ask these things. Amen. reading this morning is Psalm 16. Protect me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the holy ones in the land, they are the noble, in whom is all my delight. 
Those who choose another God multiply their sorrows. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out, or take their names upon my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I keep the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be moved. Therefore my heart is glad and my soul rejoices. My body also rests secure. For you do not give me up to shield. You show me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. In your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Scripture is from the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verses 11 through 14 and 19 through 25. And every priest stands day after day at his service, offering again and again the same sacrifices that can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God and since then has been waiting until his enemies would be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering he has perfected for all time those who are sanctified. Therefore, my friends, since we have confidence to enter the sanctuary by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us, through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since, we have a great priest over the house of God. Let us approach with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us consider how to provoke one another to love and good deeds not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
A reading from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. As he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, 
Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pains. The word of the Lord. Beware that no one leads you astray. Beware that no one leads you astray. These are wise and frightening words of Jesus. Because the truth is, any one of us could be led astray. Any one of us. Any one of us could wind up taking a path that we later regret deeply and wonder, well, how, how in the world did I end up here? How, how could I not have seen this coming? Any one of us could wind up going down such a road. We, we are marketed to at such a pace and, and with volume that, that, I mean, you're kind of constantly on guard. I mean, it just kind of bombards us. In fact, I mean, I'm not trying to dump on the marketing industry, but in many ways, marketing is always trying to lead us somewhere. It might be astray, but it is trying to lead us somewhere, and often it can be astray, right? Like you, you, you watch television. I remember this back. I don't watch a whole lot of television anymore. Um, it's mainly ball games if I'm watching it's sports or something, right? And um, you would get hit with those ads, it would seem like, pretty often that for three easy installments of $19.95, whatever the product, it didn't really matter, right? But it was the <laughs> magical product that would solve all of your problems. And, and it's the same thing if you're watching YouTube. 
I don't pay for a YouTube account, so I, they hit me with all these ads when I watch things. And every once in a while, one of those really well-done ads will grab your attention. And you just, you know, if you'll just click the link here, sign up with your email, you'll get this free information about, you know, we found the secret to wellness and health and all these kind of, and I mean, they're slick. They are really well done. And it's only 79 bucks for the secret of the universe. And if you are unhappy at any time with the secret of the universe, you can get a full refund. It's slick. And, and then I saw one bouncing around recently. This is one of the strangest ones I've seen recently. And, and it's, it's for people who had to get a COVID shot. Uh, it was mandated for their work. And so they got the shot, but they don't really want the shot. And so you can go on TikTok, and there's a lady on TikTok who will show you how to mix a bath of Epsom salts and borax and a few other relatively benign uh, chemicals around your house. Not chemicals, I guess. Well, anyway, relatively benign substances. And if you get in the bath, it'll magically take the vaccine out of you. I, I, that seems kind of strange. Or you get the phone call. Sometimes they will call you, right? And sometimes it'll be from a number that looks fairly familiar. Oh, it's a local area code number or something. Or, and, and someone has stolen your bank account information, and we're going to help you fix that problem if you'll give me your bank account so that I can therefore know and verify that I'm talking to the right person, right? And sometimes it can be tricky. It can be really tricky. I had fun with one of those guys one time. It was a guy, he worked at Amazon. And my mom, he, he called my mom and he was like, she had spent all this money. She didn't even have an Amazon account. And so I just called him back and uh, had fun messing with him for a while, right? And then I said, really, is that, can you, can you seriously make a living trying to, you know, rip people off? And then he just kind of hung the phone up, right? But, but we live in this culture where we are so bombarded with misleading, misinformation, outright fraud, that it's really hard to know who to trust. And in fact, we, we live in this kind of guarded way because we feel like people are always trying to take advantage of us. And in fact, you're sort of surprised when someone's not. Like you have some kind of a, an exchange like that, and you're like, oh, well, this was, this was actually genuine. This, this was helpful. I might need this information. But we live in these ways with this not even a healthy skepticism, but with this, this, this kind of fear to trust anyone. And... And that's not a good place to be. Now, the good news is, the silver lining of this is, no one ever tries to do any of that nonsense in the name of Jesus. Right? <laughs> I mean, everyone who claims to follow Jesus, you can trust them. They're all trustworthy. I obviously have my tongue firmly planted in my cheek. Because the horrible thing is, there were plenty of people who do this same thing in the name of God, in the name of religion. And as despicable as it is to try to hoodoo people out of their money, how despicable is it to do such a thing in the name of God? 
And if we're honest about it, we, we know that's the truth. This kind of thing happens even in the church. Some folks would say, well, especially in the church. And I don't just mean the crazy televangelist who are the obvious charlatans. There's some obvious charlatans, right? You know it the minute you see it. But the truth is, sometimes this even happens among people who appear to be trying to act in good faith. Or at least that was their stick. Oh yeah, we're in good faith. I'll even just pick on two people who, who were part of the Southern Baptist Convention, Paige Patterson and Paul Pressler, who, who were architects of the so-called conservative takeover of the Southern Baptist Convention. In 2018, Patterson was fired as the president of Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary because he mishandled multiple claims about sexual abuse and rape on campus. This is somebody who spent his entire life in ministry and, you know, was a bastion of, you know, doing what the Bible said. And then such reckless mishandling that this institution that loved him in many ways fired him because of such abhorrent behavior. And then, then Patterson, the other guy, the other architect of this, who wasn't a minister, who was a lawyer, See, you got a good joke right there, right? A minister and a lawyer walk in and you, you But he actually was accused, credible allegations of molestation of, at the time, a 14-year-old boy who he was leading in Bible study. And apparently this was kind of an open secret that went around with him for years and years and years. There was always rumors about such behavior, but, but people didn't want to call that behavior out because it might look bad on the church or it might look bad on things. I mean, this is abuse and manipulation. And there's no other word for that except evil. And the Catholic sexual abuse scandal and cover-up, I mean, we could talk about that one, right? I mean... The level at which that cover-up, the, the depth of that, it's like this entire system. Sometimes we Baptist, because we're local congregations and we have congregational autonomy, you think, well, no wonder that stuff happens in a Baptist church because we don't really have this hierarchy to kind of watch over and, you know, one pastor does something here and so he can go serve here. Look at the Roman Catholic Church, the exact opposite of that. And they have this hierarchy that should have protected that kind of thing. And what did it do? It perpetuated it. It hit it out of love of this institution. And here's just the honest truth. There is no wonder that so many people do not trust or respect the church. It's, there's just no wonder. And we should be honest about that. Now, I don't really like talking about that stuff a whole lot, right? Because the truth is, most of us aren't that way. Most churches aren't that way. But we have to be honest that that stuff happens. We have led people astray. And sometimes when you're on the inside, you can forget that. And you think any kind of critique is always coming from people with an agenda on the outside. Or it's exaggerated. But that's not always the case. There have been too many who step behind pulpits who have led people astray, have led them away from Jesus. 
Well, this, this, this Mark 13, this is an apocalyptic chapter. It almost seems really out of place as you're reading Mark. I mean, you think you could, out, you could really go from chapter 12 to 14 and never miss a beat, really. Mark 13 seems more like you're reading Daniel or Revelation. I mean, it's just mini apocalypse. And to just remind you where we are in the context of that. So Jesus has entered Jerusalem the final week of his life. He cleansed the temple uh, in chapter 11. That was what happened on Monday of what we know as Holy Week. And now this word about the destruction of the temple has happened on the next day, what would have been Tuesday. And one of the disciples says, wow, look at those large stones. What large buildings. And Jesus says, not a one of those stones will be left. The great buildings will all come down. And it feels like to me in some ways that is exactly what is happening in the church in America right now. That in many ways it is crumbling. It is coming down. And a significant part of it is self-inflicted. I saw a video earlier this week in a, from a large church in Texas, and the entire congregation was being led in a political chant. They were kind of going around the room this way. They were being led in that chant from someone who stood on the chancel. I'm not sure if it was the pastor or not. I don't know. Wasn't behind the pulpit, but was standing out here on the chancel leading people. I won't tell you the slogan, but it's been a slogan that's become popular in the last few weeks, and they're running around the church, in the church. Big, big crowd, big, big building. And they were offering their allegiance, not to Jesus, but to some political figure. They didn't intend to do that, but that's what they were doing. Which is not only disgusting, it's idolatry. That's exactly what they were doing. They were practicing idolatry. I, it kind of blew my mind when I watched that. I, almost, I mean, kind of had to laugh. I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And I'm just going to say this right now. I'm going to ask you, if I ever do that, if you ever see me standing here behind the pulpit, start leading us in a political chant, would you please have the deacon chair to come up, step me aside, and vote to remove me? It seems that far too many Christians are running around looking for a different savior. Sometimes this takes the form of, well, you know, if we could just get the right pastor. Our church is struggling, we're doing bad, but but, you know, if we could get a new pastor in here, the right pastor, we, we, we could do okay. Sometimes it looks like that. Have a, a colleague of mine who serves as a leader for a denomination and so he spends a significant amount of time working with churches in transition and so right now there's a fairly significant number of churches in transition who are really transitioning to closing their doors they they were going they were going to be doing that before covid but covid has kind of accelerated that And, and so there was this one particular church he was working with and they have dwindled down to about five people and they have a, you know, a decent building. They have some assets. And, 
he's trying to help them think about how they can die graciously and how through their death there might be some resurrection, how maybe they can take their assets and then they can pass them on uh, so that ministry and mission can happen in a different way, in a different place. And he thought he had made a lot of progress. These are not fun conversations to have, I'm sure. And he'd spent a long time with these group of people on a Saturday. And he said, I got to the end of it, thought everybody was on board. And this one person said, yeah, but I, I know, I hear you, I hear what coming. But if we could find, you know, the right pastor, I really think we could turn it around. And he's uh, I was like, I just spent four hours with you. It's not going to work. I mean, I appreciate that they had hope and they wanted to keep going, right? I get that. But, but they, they had this idea that if we could just get the right person, right pastor, there is no pastor there is no politician, there is no person who is going to be the savior of the church in North America. There's no one person who's going to turn all that around. But you see, here's the good news. You see, we already have a savior. We already have a Savior, and his name is Jesus, and we don't need another one. And any person who tries to fill the role of Jesus, any person who shines the spotlight on themselves, who acts as if only they can fix what ails you, who acts like if they're not the pastor, well, the doors are going to close. Or if they're not the leader, then y'all are going to just have to, you know, close up shop. Anybody who says such things, watch out. You better watch out. They'll lead you astray. Here's a good test. Can this person, can this pastor, can this leader, can they say these three words? I don't know. Can they say those three words? Can they say, I, I don't really have all the answers? Can they say, I don't really know what strategy is guaranteed to fix all this? Or will they really be honest and say, there is no strategy that's guaranteed to fix all this? Or, or do they always have to be right? And do they always have to get their own way? Right? You've got to balance those out. You've got to be careful about the leader who always has to be right, who always has to get their own way, who will not listen to others, who will not be held accountable. If they can't say, I don't know, as a pastor or as a leader, then you have no business trusting them as a pastor or a leader. I don't know. And yet, on the flip side, on the flip side, there is a time that every pastor and every leader must say, I do know. 
I do know that this is wrong and we will not do it. Or I do know this is right and we must do it. And that is the tension. That's the tension that everybody lives with. When times are difficult and challenging, we must stand firm in the love of Christ. I know that. I know that. If we're going to err on the side, we're going to err on the side of grace and love because it is grace and love that led Jesus to journey to the cross. He was sure about that. And that's the challenge. It's the challenge of our times, and in many ways, it's always the challenge. When do I say I don't know, and when do I say this is where I'll make my stand? This is the proverbial hill on which I will die. The truth is there's a lot of voices out there, friends. <laughs> there's a lot of voices out there pulling in different ways. Many of those voices believing they're doing the right thing sincere but you can also be sincerely wrong you can be sincerely wrong and so i just say to you and i say to myself listen with great discernment choose wisely to whom you will listen and be aware be aware that no one leads you astray because this way of jesus is not easy it is hard to navigate But God is with us on this journey. And we're going to do it the best we can. And we're going to trust that whichever way we go, however the journey leads us, that God will be there to nudge us back toward where we need to journey. We can trust in that. Amen.
This past Thursday was Veterans Day, a day when we honor and give thanks for those who have served and sacrificed for our country. Are there veterans here? If, if you're here and you have served or are serving, would you stand for just a moment? Thank you. Thank you. Offer them a word of thanks as you see them today. Thank you for your service and for your sacrifice and all for all those many others who serve something greater than themselves. I want to conclude my sermon now. There's a prayer from Thomas Merton that I think really captures what I kind of feel the essence of I was, that I was trying to communicate this morning. And uh, I want to use that prayer to lead us through our time of prayer. You've heard me share this one before. So let us pray together. I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end, nor do I really know myself. And the fact that I think I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, will I trust you always, though, it may seem to, uh, though I may seem to be lost and in the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Oh, Lord, it is true. There are so many voices pulling us in so many directions. Even our own voice can lead us astray. So help us to be humble in our thinking and in our living. And help us to live with the desire to please you. Help us to live with a desire to reflect Jesus in all that we say and do. Help us to live with a desire to be reflections of your peace and your hope and your healing. May that peace and that hope and that healing be with all of the ones that we now name aloud.
And those of you joining us online, you may unmute yourself and offer concerns. Frankie Locklear. Mike Heston and family. Lopez family. Oh Lord, we entrust all of these that we've named, ones left unnamed and ones unknown to us. We entrust them to your care because we know that you are good and that you are faithful. And now let us all join our voices together to pray in the way that Christ has taught us. Our Father, our Father who, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. name. Thy, thy kingdom, kingdom come, come, thy will thy be will done. done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Our hymn of response this morning is hymn 343. May we not only sing this, but may we offer it as a prayer of praise. Let us stand now. I want to take a moment and remind you about our Sunday school options as we begin in-person Sunday school next week. So in the formations class, that's Phil Scoggins teaching that class. That class meets upstairs where it used to meet. Um, the nurturing faith class, Don Batts is teaching that class. That class meets downstairs in what was the lair room. And then um, and both of those are, are traditional Sunday school classes where you're studying scripture and oftentimes that scripture will correspond to scripture that we're reading and, and doing in worship as well. And then there's a different option uh, that's kind of on a book club format and that'll be led by Phil Fagan and Rachel Hawkins and that's upstairs on, on the third floor. 
and they're reading uh, Girl Meets God by Lauren Winter. It's sort of a spiritual memoir. So those are three different options for adults. Just make yourself at home. And the book club class is a way of us kind of offering something a little bit different that people could kind of move in and out of and uh, feel free to visit multiple classes and participate in, in different classes. Um, looking forward to those things happening. And I want to give you just a little bit of background on why we decided to move forward with the uh, in-person classes and why in many ways we're sort of taking a, a, a kind of significant step forward in the life of the church. Uh, one is that our COVID numbers here in Polk County are improving. Uh, they're significantly better than they were six weeks ago, back in September, whenever it was, when they were so high. So those numbers have moved very, very close to where we wanted them to be in order to start. And in some ways, it, it all depends on what day you look at the data. It's a bit arbitrary. One day you look at it and because it's a running case count, and one day you'll have over 20, and one day you'll have under 20. And, but when it averages out, we're trending where we need to be. So that's one of the reasons. The other reason, and I say this not to be, um, we should celebrate that, by the way. We should feel really good about that here. I want you to be grateful for that, because I sure am. The, the other part is, is the part that COVID really isn't going to go away anytime soon. Uh, it's going to continue to surge and go back down and surge and go back down. And because uh, now everyone five and up ha has an opportunity to be vaccinated, uh, if you're an adult, you've had an opportunity to get a booster. And so at some point, you have to figure out how you're going to live with this because we're going to be living with it for a while. And that's, that's what we're doing. Um, we will certainly continue to watch the numbers and at some point numbers will get low enough where we feel comfortable about people making their own decisions about if they want to wear a mask or not and we'll keep watching those numbers and if they get up to a certain level it may be that we have to put them back on because I, I will remind you what we do at church is real different from going to the grocery store or going to Walmart or something. Like when you go to those places, those are really big buildings and you're walking through them and people are constantly moving. But when we come and sit beside each other and we sing and we do these kinds of things, that's a really different kind of unique environment. It's even different than going and eating in a restaurant. So um, we're gonna try to, to continue to be as careful as we can be and yet at the same time, uh, we feel like um, everyone five and up anyway has had ample time to kind of make decisions about vaccines and I really encourage everyone if you haven't been vaccinated to please do so. It's obviously very effective uh, and safe. And um, so anyway, that's kind of where we are with those things. And so I celebrate that and I'm grateful that we are making progress that way. I think that's all the announcements I wanted to leave you with. So. Um, it has been good to worship with you this morning. It has been good to worship God. Let us stand now. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. I just forgot my last line again.
So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. I start thinking about which door I'm going out, and I start thinking, and I go blank. That's not a good thing to be doing, so go in peace.